welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We're glad that you are here. My name is Laura Forehand. I'm a second grade teacher in Northwest Missouri. I'm an executive board member with Whole Brain Teaching, and I also help out with with certification. So bronze certification, silver certification. If you're thinking about certification, we want you to be part of that because it is something really, really special. And of course, I'm here with one of my most special friends, Rhonda. So I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arlt. I'm a retired second grade teacher. I used to teach in Goddard, Kansas. I'm an executive board member for Holbrook Teaching. And um, with Laura, I'm also working on certification. So yes, we'd love seeing your names pop in there. It's a great way to learn more about Holbrook Teaching. Absolutely. So on our last podcast, um, we had the founder of Holbrook Teaching, Coach Chris Biffle. And actually, he's been on the last two podcasts that we've done. And he was on there to talk about the importance of making connections with our students using the Whole Brain Teaching Strategy Fiverr. Um, We are just so excited and privileged and honored to have Coach B back with us for yet another podcast episode. And it looks like we may have him a couple more times even after this. So we are really excited about that. Um, We are thankful, Coach, that you are giving up so much of your time to be on these podcasts. We know that you are busy um, doing those one-hour summer conferences and also getting ready for our virtual national three-day conference. So welcome, Coach. We are so grateful you're here again. Ladies, your gratefulness does not compare to my gratefulness. Your gratefulness is miniature. My gratefulness is gigantic. I'm just delighted to have you to be here and have you as two of my best friends. Thank you, Coach. So much. Well, as you guys have heard on the other podcasts, Coach is always busy, busy, busy helping us teachers out. I don't know where he gets his energy. I wish he could bottle that up and I would buy it in a heartbeat. But he is always inspirational. He realizes that teachers are struggling and with these new situations that we've got going on with due to COVID and everything. He is just working so hard and comes up with some great ideas that are helping us. So these are strategies that we can put in place right away. And like Laura said, Coach, we appreciate you just giving all your energy to help teachers and doing it out of the kindness of your heart. So with that being said, we are going to start this podcast and we're kind of excited because we're getting, we're thinking about the start of our school year. And so we have Coach B here to talk about how we are going to do day one in a whole brain teaching classroom. So Coach, how would we start that? Very good. So this is day one in a whole brain teaching classroom, lessons one to five. Okay. 
the first thing to point out is that the whole brain teaching classroom does not look like any other classroom. It is not lined with brilliant, wonderful posters. Mm -hmm. The primary thing is that a lot of your classroom materials are covered with large, colorful, blank pieces of paper. Each one has a lock on it. And you're going to tell your kids in lesson five, which is 10 or 15 minutes into the day, that they are inside a video game. And the locks are going to be unlocked in the course of the year. So that's what a whole brain teaching classroom looks like. It's locked up. And it is a completely different environment. Why? Kids love video games. Let's take their love of video games and turn it to a noble purpose, helping them to be more intellectually advanced and uh, superbly morally developed. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Laura? I, I really like that. And I used the unlocks last year. And of course, when the kids walk into your room, either the first day or back to school night, they're intrigued by all these things that have unlock on them. And so it's it's just a really great way to get kids really excited about the new school year to come because they want to know what it is. And you just tell them, you're going to find out. And we're going to have a lot of fun unlocking all of these things in my classroom this year. All right. Let's start with lesson number one. Now, lesson number one. Take care of class business, get the kids separated from their mothers, get them into the classroom however you can. Uh, But at some point, early on in the first minute or two, you're going to say something like this. Good morning, my friends. My name is Mr. Biffle, and I'm very happy to be your third grade teacher. Dramatic pause, and then you're going to say, extending your hands to the class, say, please say, good morning, Mr. Biffle. That's the morning greeting. You're going to repeat that a couple of times. You're going to say, my friends, my name is Mr. Biffle. I'm so happy to be your third grade teacher. Pause. Extend your hands. Please say, good morning, Mr. Biffle. Just do that a few times. Change your tone of voice. And that's going to be your standard morning greeting. After that, you can just say, good morning, class. And they will eventually, in unison, say with the gesture, good morning, Mr. Biffle. Laura, explain lesson one. Takes a minute and then a couple of reps the morning greeting. Yeah, I like the morning greeting. So as kids are coming, you're going to get them into your classroom. However, you can separate them from those loved ones that are bringing them to school that day. And then you're just going to say to them, once you have them all together, good morning class. And then you're going to teach them that they are going to extend their hands and say, good morning, Mrs. Forehand, or good morning, Mrs. Arlt, or whoever their teacher is. And there needs to be like maybe a little dramatic pause in there. Um, But you're going to do this. It shouldn't take very long. You're going to do it a couple of times just to continue to model for them. And then pretty soon it becomes your standard morning greeting. Yes. Lesson number two. Lesson number two is called, thank you, you're welcome. 
You're then going to say, when I say thank you, class, you say, you're welcome, Mr. Biffle. So as you say that, you're going to say, when I say thank you, class, put your hands over your heart. And then you say, you say, you're welcome, Mr. Biffle. You almost don't have to say, put your hands here and do this with your hands. You're going to have kids immediately mirror your gestures. Mm -hmm. Those are your future classroom leaders, at least the classroom leaders for the first week. So we don't want to mess up these lessons by saying, do this with your hands, do that with your hands. Get your morning greeting in so that they say your name in a nice, friendly tone of voice. And then you say, thank you, my dear class. Thank you, my friends. And they say, you're welcome, Mr. Biffle. Beautiful way to start the morning. Rhonda, explain. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So once we do that first lesson, which is the morning greeting, then we're going to introduce that. Thank you. You're welcome. And you'll say, you'll put your hands over your heart and say, thank you, class, or thank you, my friends. And then they're going to say, you're welcome and say the teacher's name. Like, you're welcome, Mrs. Arlt. You're welcome, Mrs. Forehand. I like that. Add. I have not added that with my name before. And I really like that. I could see that being super powerful in the classroom. So I, was, I like that addition. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I love the addition of the name. The addition of the name establishes the relationship. Mm. This is what we are. We are a class and we are led by a person who is an adult and we use their name all the time. That's the teaching relationship. And as we say in whole brain teaching, our only goal is only connect. Right. All right. We're connecting as teacher and student, teacher and student. Now, here's the key point, ladies. Listen carefully to your coach. You do not go on to lesson three. Okay. You go back to lesson one, and you do lesson one and lesson two. So this is how that repeat would look. Laura will pretend like you're the whole class. Okay. I'd say, that's very good, my friends. Let's practice this. Good morning, my dear class. I good, extend my hands. Good morning, Mr. Biffle. One more time. Good morning, my dear class. Good morning, Mr. Biffle. Thank you, class. You're welcome, Mr. Biffle. Not too bad. Good morning, my dear class. Good morning, Mr. Biffle. Thank you, my dear class. You're welcome, Mr. Biffle. That's huge, ladies. That introduces the fundamental scaffolding pattern. Everyone says you should scaffold. We say you should mini micro scaffold. Mm. Little teeny lesson, another little teeny lesson, and put them together. If they don't fit together, you don't have the right order. Now, ladies, this is also important. I know it's going to be shocking. I know it's going to upset you, but just calm down right now. <laughs> Do not gush. Do not say, oh, that's great. Oh, that's so fantastic. Why, that is really wonderful. I can't believe how great you kids are. Do not gush. You love the kids. Of course you do. But when you overpraise for cheesy little things, you teach them that your praise is easily won. Mm. And you also teach them that it takes far, far more 
than a simple response to get a fantastic. Rondo, do me a favor if you ever go back to the classroom. Never say awesome unless it's awesome. Explain that back to me, my too sweet friend. Go ahead. Once again, you've kind of blown my mind. You, yeah. you back onto that stuff that hits home a little bit. So you, as a teacher, when you're doing this practice um, of lesson one and two, don't gush or brag upon these kids too much. Okay. If you do, then um, praise is too easily won and you don't want them to see that. So do not tell them they're excellent until they're at that excellent level. Go ahead, Laura. Can I throw a question in here? Because this has been kind of a topic of conversation at my school, the whole idea of intrinsic motivation. And I feel like that in itself, like when we over praise and over gush for like the teeniest, tiniest things, not that this morning greeting is teeny tiny, establishing those relationships is huge, but I feel like this, this is going to, I feel like you're going to lead us into kind of a a, a path here of how to help our students be more intrinsically motivated rather than constantly relying on us to give them that praise every time they do the littlest thing. So I think this is great. Laura, I'm going to give you a crazy idea, but when you overpraise, it is not growth motivating. Mm. If you said uh, to your class and Art teachers, we do this all the time. They show us something. Cards on the table, it's a scribbled mess. It only took them two or three minutes. And we say, oh, that is so good. It isn't so good. It's two or three minutes worth of scribbling. Better would be to say, this little part right here, give me more of that. You don't even say it's fantastic. This part here, give me more of that. That's growth talk. What we want is growth talk. I love that. So you should say, that's not too bad for first day third graders. That's kind of what I was looking for here on the first day. You can do better, but it's just the first day. Be realistic. What's better than an education in the realistic potential of your students' brains? Mm. So don't overpraise. All right. Lesson number three is class yes. You're going to say, when I say class and show them your folded hands, you say yes. Now, this is a tricky lesson because kindergartners, you're going to say, when I say class, you say yes, and then you say class, they will say class. They will mimic you back. So you know that going in, practice the class yes as often as it takes you to get most of the kids going along. And... Just vigorously show them your folded hands. Class, class. Yes, yes. Classity, class, class, class. Yesity, yes, yes, yes. That's your attention getter. Rhonda, explain how you wish you'd been paid a penny for every class. Yes, you lose. You could be retiring in Cabo San Lucas right now. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> I would be loaded. All right, so this third lesson is class, yes. And so you will tell the class when I say class and you'll fold your hands together, the class will say yes, and they need to fold their hands together too. That's right. Now, Laura, as you expect, 
the next step is not lesson four, it's to repeat lessons one to three. Laura, you're gonna be my class. Okay. There you go. I would say, you know, that's not too bad for uh, the first few minutes. I know you can do much better, but let's keep going here. Good morning, my dear class. Good morning, Mr. Biffle. Thank you, my dear, dear friends. You're welcome, Mr. Biffle. Class. Yes. Class, 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 class. Yes, 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 yes. Lady, I just think this is a great way to begin. It takes less than five minutes. It establishes a relationship between you and the kids. You're not giving them anything too hard to master. And you're proceeding, and I know we shouldn't ever do this, but you're proceeding with brain-friendly lessons. Rhonda, if I'm teaching you tennis, as you've begged me many times to do, I'm not going to teach you the forehand, the backhand, the serve, and the overhead smash one after another. I'm going to show you how to hold the tennis ball before the serve. Good. Now I'm going to show you how to toss the tennis ball in the air. The brain can only learn one thing at a time. And Laura, you said, Coach, aren't there some tattoos that I should be getting in my retirement? And yes, there are. On your forehand, on your forearm, you put the brain can only learn one thing at a time. Explain the importance of that for instruction, because we're trying to teach 50 things at a time, and then we're frustrated. Go, Rhonda. All right. Well, just like anything, we need to teach one thing at a time. And I really liked how you kind of scaffold those lessons and showed, because I think what teachers struggle with the most is that they don't know how to do that when they go to teach math or science or reading. So you've got that scaffold good. So what we need to do is that the brain can only learn one thing at a time. So that's why we are breaking it down and going one or two little chunks and repeating that before we go on. Very good. We're now already up to lesson four. Lesson four is mirror words. So, Laura, here we go. Okay. When I say mirror words, I want all of you to say mirror words and pick up your hands like me. Mirror words. Mirror words. Our dear teacher. Our dear teacher. Is Mr. Biffle. Is Mr. Biffle. We are so happy. We are so happy. To be in the third grade. To be in the third grade. Our dear teacher is Mr. Biffle. Our dear teacher is Mr. Biffle. We are so, so happy. We are so, so happy. To be in the third grade. To be in the third grade. Okay. Then you'd say mirrors off and you'd bring your hands down. Okay. As you're talking, you would make gestures. It doesn't matter what those gestures are. If you're a little inhibited to talk with your hands, just wave your hands around. If you want to practice at home, when you say, our dear teacher, you'd point your finger and they'll point your finger at you. And then you'd point your finger at yourself when they say, we're in a third grade class. 
but just repeat the mirror words segment several times, give them universal things to say, and that's lesson four. Okay. I will have to say as a whole brain teaching, I'm confessing here, I have practiced in front of a mirror. Oh, yeah. A lot of times before yeah. I've gone to my class or we've gone to a national conference or whatever. So teachers out there that are listening, it's okay to practice ahead of time. I think it'll give you the confidence to go mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then what you're going to do, my dear Rhonda, is you're not going on to lesson five. You're going back to lesson one. Laura, you've been doing so good as my one person <laughs> classroom student. Let's go back to lesson one. Okay. Good morning, my dear class. Good morning, Mr. Biffle. Thank you, my friends. You're welcome, Mr. Biffle. Class, class, class. Yes, yes, yes. Class. Yes. Mirror words. Mirror words. This is the first day. This is the first day. A third grade. A third grade. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, it's so fun. So, so, so fun. So, so, so fun. Mirrors off. Mirrors off. All right. Let's go through these first four lessons and what we're establishing. One, we want to set, and this is huge, ladies. There are two worlds so far as your kids are concerned, outside school and inside school. And those worlds could not be more different. I'll say that again. Those two worlds could not be more different. You don't have to raise your hand for permission to speak at home. You don't have to raise your hand to leave your seat. And you can follow directions as slowly as you can get away with at home. So that world is the structureless world. School is the highly structured world. Everything we do, we do in a certain kind of way. And even when we're in a free form lesson where we want kids to be spouting ideas and examining critical thinking perspectives, we have a framework within which they can be spontaneous and and creative. So what we're doing is we're making a transition, a huge intellectual, emotional, social transition from a structured, less chaotic world to a highly structured, nourishing world. And I choose that word nourishing carefully. Too many of our kids are coming from a world that is, let's face it, breaking their hearts, is toxic, is keeping them from making meaningful connections. NBC News said a year or so ago, 30% of kids can't name a best friend. Unstructured, disconnected to a highly connected world. So let's look at those four lessons one more time. First, we're going to do the morning greeting. Then we're going to do the thank you, you're welcome. Then we're going to do class yes, and then we're going to do mirror words. And we're going to scaffold after every one of these. As a general rule, again, a a very good tattoo. Don't go on to the next lesson until you've reviewed the previous lessons. 
Rhonda, are you for that? Or are you just kind of a free-flowing gal who likes to just fly by the seat of your pants? I know you are, but that doesn't work so well in the classroom. No, it doesn't. I'm super structured and want things done a certain way. And I have to have things do, 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 do. It has to go in order. So I don't like free-flowing at all. All right. All right. Here's lesson five. Now, this is the last lesson for the day. Review those first four lessons. You can't review them too much. Go stand next to the kids who are not engaged. Don't scold. Praise the kids who are on task, etc. But then in lesson five, you're going to go and stand dramatically in front of one of the posters that you have locked up. And you're going to say this. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, my friends, raise one hand if you like to play video games. Oh, some hands will go up. <laughs> raise both hands and waggle them if you love to play video games. <laughs> oh, you got them now. And then you say, my friends, we are not playing a video game. Give me an ah. Oh, and they'll all go, ah. Oh. We are inside a video game. Give me a, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. You tell them what to say back to you. Now you're having a little bit of fun. And you say, you know what? You did the morning greeting. You did the thank you. You're welcome. You did the class. Yes, you did the mirror words. You've unlocked the first lock. And then you dramatically remove it and you reveal the sign, rule number one, follow directions quickly. Those first five lessons set the tempo, set the game, set the framework, set the pattern. You've taught kids how to relate to you. You've taught them what your name is. You've taught them some manners over and over again with thank you, you're welcome. You've taught them a attention getter that can be fun. You've taught them a bunch of gestures, and you've taught them how to lock their brains with yours during mirror words, and now you've given them the motivator. You've put the engine in the car. The engine is keep improving, and you keep saying that, keep improving, you'll unlock some more locks. All right, let's just summarize, and then I'll take questions from you ladies, and want these to be short. Okay. So we've said a model classroom has a lot of things covered up with colorful pieces of paper with big locks on them. You don't explain that for a while. You start by introducing yourself and teaching kids to call you by name. You've taught them the morning greeting gesture, hands extended, hands extended back to you. Then you've done thank you, you're welcome. And we can't have too much manners in our classroom with its gestures, hands on the heart. Then you've taught them the attention getter, hands folded with class yes, scaffolding all the way. And then you have taught them mirror words, repeating after you. And then you've revealed the big secret. You're inside a game. You're not playing one, you're inside a game. Now, ladies, 
you have a kid rolling on the floor, you have another kid who's sick to their stomach, you have a kid who's running around the classroom, you have some kids who are staring outside, every year you get it dealt a different hand of cards. Do whatever you need to do, and it can take you two or three or four times as long as you expected it would. But once you get through these five lessons, however long it takes, you've built the foundation for a year-long magical journey into whole brain instruction. Rhonda, you've heard lots of these beginnings, but I got to tell you, this is one of the better beginnings we've had, mainly because I've got to do something to impress my dear friends, Rhonda and Laura, who are always looking down their nose at me and saying, come on, coach, you can do better than that. Uh, Rhonda, what do you think about these first five lessons? I think, I think they're wonderful. And, you know, I've done whole brain teaching for many years, and I feel like there's improvements that I can now do on my first day that would make it even better. And I'd probably stress to teachers to take it slow. Don't rush through this too fast. That's just speaking from experience because you want to get that foundation very, very good. So I'm excited about this. One thing I do want to mention is that the locks that coach is talking about, we've got a lot of variety um, on our teacher paid teachers, um, the official Hobring teaching store. So you don't have to create those for your posters. We've got them on our teacher paid teachers. I do have a question for you, coach. When we are talking, you mentioned it a little bit about students that weren't going along with you to not to scold them. Do you even on this first day and this first hour that you're working with them, do you even worry about these ones that are not compliant and doing what you want them to do? You teach to the ones who will be willing to teach. Your first job is to unite every kid possible behind your leadership so that this is a gross metaphor, you're not playing whack-a-mole, you're just getting the kids together as a team, as you would as a coach, unifying kids, and do not write off any kid. You will have a kid who's crying in the first half an hour, who's having a great time uh, there forward. Do not assume from any behavior that that's who that child is. Children live on an emotional seesaw, they go up and down, that's our job. Praise, praise, praise individuals. But when you have people who are off task, you, you look away from them and you say, well, some of my friends don't seem to be working as hard as they could. Let's just review. So any criticism is general. Any praise is specific. Uh, Laura, what do you think? Yeah, no, I really like that. And can I just, like, I'm just going to confess here that Prior to you showing us this day one model that we just talked about, I would try to, I don't know about you, Rhonda, but I would try to get everything in that first day, like the, all the rules and, you know, as much as I could, right. Like try and get in as much as we can. As you were explaining this coach, like I could feel like a weight lift off my chest. Like this is going to be so nice to go in and go, I don't have to cover everything whole brain teaching um, in one day. Like what a great way to start. Just you're not stressed out. You're just teaching them how to, how we're going to greet each other every day. We're, we're starting to create those relationships like you talked about. And I just think that's so much better than me going in there going, okay, I got to get all this done. Here's my list on the board of everything I have to get done. Not only does that stress me out, but those kids looking at 
oh my gosh, we got to do all this on the very first day of school. Are you kidding me? You know, so this is, I just think this is huge. I too have a question though. Um, we are a PBIS school. And so one of the things we have the first two days of school is what's called a PBIS boot camp, where the kids just go around to different stations. And thankfully we use um like follow directions quickly and make our dear team stronger as part of our PBIS rubric. But if we have things like that, that we are supposed to go to, how, I mean, is it okay if some of this is like broken up? Like maybe we get lesson one and two done and then we have to go do our boot camp and then come back and do the rest of it later. Is it okay to break it up like that if we have to? Absolutely. And uh, you're better if you have, things to do in between to scaffold what you're doing with whole brain teaching and use those breaks. You've gone and done something else, come back and start with the morning greeting. Okay. Uh, that morning greeting and just having them say your name, it just sets the tone for everything else. Mm. And these five things are going to be things that you'll be repeating all the time. But if you say them in different tones of voice, keep the same gestures, but say different tones of voice, look at different kids, and eventually down the line, and this is going to be ways down the line, you're going to transfer some of this to kids. Our goal is a self-managing class, and we'll talk about that after a while, but there's no reason that you don't point at a kid initially and they say, good morning, my dear class, and everyone else says, good morning, dear Jack, and you point at another kid, and the other kid says, thank you, and everyone else says, you're welcome. Once that routine is set, you then move on to the most powerful and revolutionary aspect of instruction, which doesn't even happen in graduate school, which is the kids running the daily routines. If you practice the routines enough, then you're ready to start just pointing at kids and they know what to do next. That's used. Ladies, listen, I shouldn't do this. I know it's going to be too thrilling, but I'm going to tell you a secret that I've never told you before. It's not lesson five. You fit this in wherever you want. Please don't tell anybody this okay, secret. We won't. <laughs> this is how to learn everyone's name on day one. Rhonda, Explain how sorrowful you are that you spent so many years without the secret of how to learn everyone's name on day one. I know, coach. I mean, I'm really bummed. You couldn't have come up with this stuff before I retired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's, here's how you do it. You point at a kid and you say, what is your, you, and you're picking on the kids who have been responding to you the most. This is maybe what you do after lesson five, who've been smiling at you, making gestures You say, what is your name? The kid says, Jack, you say, no, I want you to say, my name is Jack. Let's do that again. What is your name? My name is Jack. Everyone, who is that? They say, Jack, you say, no, you say, that is Jack. Then you point at another kid and say, what is your name? Child says, Maria, you say, no, you say, my name is Maria. So what you're going to do is you're pointing at kids who are telling you their name, you're pointing at the audience, the students who are repeating the name. Honestly, Laura, you're going to get to about the fifth or sixth kid, and you're going to forget kid number one. Here's the trick. You go back to kid number one and you say, everyone, 
Who is this? Somebody will remember. And you say, that's very good. Now, this is Maria. Who is this, everyone? Oh, that's Teddy. So you do a scaffolded learning of the names, knowing that someone in the whole class will remember those names. And you, you go back to the first or kid or whatever kids you forget, and you, and you fake it. You don't say, well, what's your name again? You say, all right, my friends, come on. Who's this? You know who this is. Laura, explain how you can truly learn the names of 25 kids. Then take your cell phone, take their picture. When they're out to recess, look at the picture and start memorizing the names. Explain how cool that is. I used to have 200 students, and I could learn every kid's name in each class. I wouldn't remember it for the next class, but it was a super <laughs> impressive. Go ahead, Laura. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea, Coach, because... I am in a small district and all the kids do know each other, but I don't know their names when they're coming in. So this is a great way for me to learn their name um, and, and for them to also use those complete sentences too. I love that. They can't just say, Laura, that's my name. You know, I mean, or my, you know, you say, what is your name? Laura? No, you have to use a complete sentence. And then as the kids are telling you who student number one's name is, they have to respond in a complete sentence. This is Laura. Um, so I really like that. It's already working on those complete sentences, which I know in second grade, that is one of our standards in the state of Missouri, that they have to be able to um, write, speak a complete sentence. So perfect. Well, this has been fun, ladies. If you uh-huh. indulge me, uh, next time, I'd like to do lessons six through 10. And we will just continue on setting a blueprint, which we encourage teachers to deviate from as their intuition guides them. I've just had to get started with the basics of whole brain teaching in the first few minutes of day one. Yeah, I love it, Coach. Um, we are just really thankful that you've joined us again today for the podcast. Um, we do want to encourage all of our listeners to go to wholebrainteaching.com. Sign up, you know, some of the things that, that we even talked about today just reminded me a little bit about Fiverr and just the connecting with our students. So please go sign up for those one hour conferences that are happening all summer long. And then of course, that three day virtual conference, July 25th, 26th and 27th. Um, Coach, before we let you go, can you speak a little bit about that and what we might expect at that three day conference? This will be an astonishing and free mm-hmm. educational experience led by the greatest whole brain teachers in the world. These are experts in kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and secondary over three days. They will lay out, see, I'm just giving you the theory of every class, every grade. I never taught kindergarten or only briefly. Um, So what you'll get in those three days, July 25th to 27th, is boots on the ground, how to do it in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, led by grade level pros. And these are going to close in a flash. Yeah. You can register, but that doesn't mean 200 other people haven't registered as well. Go to the session, get online a half hour before have a foamy latte and you're in. But if you wait for the next for four or five minutes, you may not be. Yeah. So free, all about whole brain teaching from our hearts to yours. And our goal is to only connect. 
again and again and again and again with our poor, broken-hearted kids. Thanks, Coach. Be sure to follow Holbrook Teaching on Facebook and Instagram so that you don't miss out on the dates to sign up. You don't want to miss this conference that Coach just talked about. Once again, thank you, Coach, for joining us today with so much great information. And thanks to all of our listeners for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Until next time, you don't want to miss lessons six through 10. Bye.